There's been a development in the Gobi situation. Oh, oh, go on. It's a good one. Finally, something good has happened. <laughs> um, they've been a cursed people, those Gobies, but finally, uh, there's yeah, this, this makes a nice change. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lovely wholesome day for the Gobes because um, uh, when I went to pick up Tally from school. Uh, I noticed they had some tadpoles in the classroom. And so I talked to Mrs. Neil, her teacher, and I said, I mean, tadpoles are good, but, you know, can they survive 50 degrees centigrade? <laughs> you know, are they capable of murdering seven wives just to, uh, you know, to protect a brood of eggs? No, I don't think they are. You want some bloody gobies, mate. Uh, so I spent 10 minutes pitching Western Australian desert gobies. You... You're palming off your gobies to your daughter's school. Yes. <laughs> that is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great because it really puts me in good stead That's with the school. Also, they, they think I'm some sort of weird philosopher king now because I just showed up and offered them these exotic beasts. <laughs> I offered them gifts, yeah. <laughs> I have a rhinoceros oh, stuffed yeah. with myrrh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so, good news for, for oh, Prince nice. Bogey and all his mates. Are they, are they going to have to evict the tadpoles to make room? Uh, hopefully they'll turn into frogs or die trying uh, once King Bogey gets <laughs> in on the act. All right, nice. Well, that's a, that, I'd say that's a pretty happy ending for a, the, the specifically the gobies that end up in a school where they can be entertain, entertaining children and be entertained by children. It also means I get to get rid of one of the thousands of decommissioned fish tanks currently filling my cellar. <laughs> so it's just great news all around. Welcome, listener, to a new episode, episode 20 of season two of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Uh, I'm James. Uh, we are not joined by Alice, who is on a holiday, but we do have Nate. Hello, Nate. Hello. God, can you believe we've done 20? I know, right? It's a, what, what, what do you think we'll average in, over the course of 2023? Like 39? Well, let's think about it. I'm thinking about the... Um... The minutes here, because they're usually about an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and five minutes, somewhere in between. So yeah. I'm trying to work out by now, have we spent a full 24 hours in each other's company? What's 70 by 20? Um, three and a half. 1,400 minutes. Divide that by 60. Oh, crikey, I'm getting out the calculator.com for this. Yeah. Uh, what was it, 1,400? Oh, it, we're we're at twenty we're at twenty three point three 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 recurring hours. Oh, that's so by wild. the end of by the end of by the end of next episode, we'll have thus spake to each other for a full. <laughs> yeah, forty minutes left to converse. Right. Uh, well, no, after after this episode, it'll be forty minutes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Assume, assuming this episode is also seventy minutes. 
Right. Oh, well, actually, this if one did, will probably be a little bit shorter, won't it? Because we haven't got Alice. So yeah, I was going to say if we did it, if we did like a double a bumper double length episode, we we get it in this episode. But uh, I have other things to do. And uh, so. l- listeners, you won't know, but I've I've had a devil of a day trying to be free for enough time to do this. So maybe we're in some sort of Zeno's paradox situation where we'll get closer and closer to having spent the full twenty four hours, but we'll never quite attain it. Oh, so you think cosmic forces are preventing us yeah. from reaching that milestone? There's an incredibly like petty demon with a very specific interest on our case, I think. Is that some kind of vengeful goby spirit? <laughs> that is, <laughs> is re- revenge for enslaving your goby. No, King Bogey just fought his way directly to the centre of hell um, when he perished. So I think he's oh. Satan now. Yes, it actually checks out. <laughs> Oh, nice. Uh, and speaking of checking out, this week we have been checking out dozens of games because it is uh, E3 week, or not E3 week, or Summer Game Fest week, or Jeff Fest week, depending on how you want to call it. Do you miss E3? Do you know, I, I, I kind of do. I, I don't know if it's just rose into glasses, but I, I have the, the memory of it in my head was more i think just on a on a base like monkey brain level enjoyable than what we have now yeah it's it's weird i've got like a manufactured nostalgia because i only started um doing games journalism like the last year of e3 uh, oh, really? i'd literally joined rock paper shotgun like a few weeks previously and so i was you know the hilarious thing is, I love PC games, but I've never, I've never followed the industry as such. So yeah. I, I didn't really knew E3 existed, and there I was, <laughs> coming out into the light like a underground bumpkin. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was a whale of a time, and you know it was really nice. I was bedding into the team, and and the, yeah, then then the disease bend it. Yeah, sucks. Yeah, that's been. Oh, it, it, that, that's that's very nice that you can have that memory of it. That's very specific. That's very tied to like a specific point in your life. Yeah, a bit like um, yeah. a bit like the kids in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome who survived <laughs> the plane crash, and they can still remember the world before, but only as a sort of a dreamlike state. Yeah, yeah. good times. Yeah, good, pretty pretty good times. Um, so the, this, the main thing we need to was... discuss is, is is the Gimli game. <laughs> Ha, the game, yes, the, the John Reese John Reese Davis game. Uh, okay, well, well, we'll talk about a bunch of games um, we like to look off, but we, we will start with the Lord of the Rings: Return to Moria. I believe it's called. Yeah, and I, uh, the. Uh, do you want to describe it, Nate? Uh, well, it's. I've really, really zeroed in on the Gimli thing. I don't know if. Oh, of <laughs> course, right, you so, haven't spent that so, much time with me IRL, have you? We've only done our twenty-four hours in this electric prison. See so you. Well, I. I I know, I know you're mad about uh, Lotor. Yeah, and, and dwarves so. in general. But um, Gimli actually became a sort of a vocal tick for me for about 15 years. Um, it, it just beca- <laughs> I would just say the word Gimli when I couldn't think of the words I needed. Um, only, you know, it, it got, got quite pronounced. Uh, and sometimes I'd just be tempted to say Gimli instead of words because I, I just oh, really like, like the sound of it. 
<laughs> it tastes delicious. Um, yeah, and sometimes when I'm very frustrated uh, or stressed, I will just hiss the word Gimli, uh, and it's it's more cathartic <laughs> than any swear word. Okay. So yeah, okay. I'm. You could say I'm invested. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I've never seen that in action, but yes. Uh, so Return to Moria is a. Uh, I f- I think it's, I think it's cooperative. Um, it's like a survival game. game. Yeah, it's it's one of these like survival crafting games set in, you know, the mines of Middle Earth. Um, Which is you amazing. And your, you and you and your team of dwarves um, can, you know, dig out dig out tunnels and build contraptions and fight orcs. I, I believe, uh, with the ultimate goal of returning to Moria. Um, which is I like, okay. I I'm not a big I'm not a huge fan. Is that the dwarf like home? Oh yeah, because in the week I wasn't here, it was revealed you don't really like uh, Lotta, do you? Uh, I I I can stand it. I'm just not super into the yeah into the law. I can respect that. Into to be honest, actually, and this this is this is the terrible thing. Um, I love the films with all my heart. I can really take or leave the books. Okay, like Tolkien was. An extremely decent and accomplished and intellectual man, uh, but don't really like reading nonsense songs that go on for eighteen pages. Yeah, man needed an editor, and that was Peter Jackson. (laughs) So, you know, it's I'm I'm often kind of left uh, caught out um, when people assume that I like know the Silmarillion back to front. Um, oh, well, I was just like, oh. apologies. apologies. Uh, so I think we can I think we can agree that Moria is somewhere of great significance to the dwarven people. Oh, well, you see, that's in the movies. So um, I'm au fait. Yeah, it was like um, it was like dwarf New York, I guess. But um, <laughs> they they accidentally dug up a devil. Um, and it beasted yep. everyone. Uh, Gimli's uncle burst. Um, yeah, I think New it York. was his uncle, yeah. Balin. Um, the guy in the tomb, Gimli, goes, no! <laughs> He's such a ridiculous character. And I feel okay saying that because John Rhys Davis is a penis. Uh, did you know that? He's, no, I didn't. He's an actual what, what? penis. No, he's... Um, uh, I think he's just quite right-wing and very grumpy. Um, oh, okay. I know he was well into Brexit. Um uh. So yeah, um, or that was a dream okay. I had, and I'm slandering someone, um, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's true. Uh, big, big if true, yeah. Which is good, you know. It it it, it gimsifies him, um, you know. Puts okay. puts puts him in, like dwarves are grumpy and right wing. I think, um, <laughs> you know, that I wouldn't actually like to hang out with dwarves very much at all. Um, but maybe that's because I'm assuming they're all like John Rhys Davis. Mm. I mean that that's that's kind of racist. <laughs> I suppose so. But is but the but the the fantasy of uh of being a dwarf in a game is that is that appealing? Oh yeah, massively. Um Yeah. Well, I love mining. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean we all love digging holes, don't we? And if you can find valuable things in the holes. <laughs> I remember once you- in um Munich, I went to what I thought was going to be a really interesting museum about mining. It was the most boring place I've ever been, but I had some really good models of drills. Oh, that's the, I mean, you don't, you don't get to do any actual digging yourself, do you? It's a, no, that's the thing. It was all just... It, the, the appeal is very much, 
you know, in the in the first person sense. It's very, very long, dry plaques about sort of various silver mining techniques. And you're absolutely right. It would be so much better if it was like the Science Museum in the mid-90s, where there's just like a massive... Do you remember, did you ever go there when they had that like big contraption that moved beans around a room and loads of children had to like work <laughs> cranks and pulleys and stuff to make the beans? No. <laughs> was it, when you say beans, was it like just like a, piles and piles of be, like baked beans and tomato sauce? Oh like, no, these aren't, <laughs> these aren't cowboy beans. They were like, they might have been oats actually or like turtle beans, you know, like little, basically little hard nodules. Um, whether they were a grain or a legume, I'm not sure, but they were like in a big hopper mm. and there was like a conveyor belt and an Archimedes screw and like a bucket wheel. And yeah, all these kids in the room, who didn't know each other, just all there with their respective families. We would all just sort of uns- unspeakingly form this like absolutely zealous hive mind. Just... <laughs> devoted to moving the beans as fast around the system as possible because they all ended up dumped back in the hopper. Um, I think it was just like, you know, a a demonstration of applied physics and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't actually achieve anything besides knowledge for its own sake. But I suppose that was was the nearest I've ever come to being a dwarf. Wow. In a... Soon, whenever the release date is, I've got got to check. You you can be a dwarf in... Lord of the Rings Returns of Moria. Actually, have you ever played um, Deep Rock Galactic? Yeah. That's my favourite dwarf-based game. It's really good. Uh, it's a really good game. It's really, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, I play it every Thursday. Um, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure the, my, my good friends at Games Workshop had played a bit as well, considering uh, the Leagues of Votan, which are the space dwarves, are very Deep Rock Galactic, aren't they? <laughs> I love the aesthetic of that the, game. They really, really got it right. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks it's so unique. Um, but yeah, the the Return to Moria has like definitely has a, a a whiff of Deep Rock in it, in how you you know mine out, you know you can mine out holes with your pickaxe. Um, Did it have destructible terrain? You'd hope so. In Mor- in Moria, yeah. There was like a there's like a brief glimpse of like a brief shot of a a dwarf, you know. Pickaxing through a hole. Oh yes, um, yes. It might. I, I, I imagine it's probably not as you know. It's not the same for deep rock in that everything is destructible. It might only have like specific areas you can mine out because you could also. There's also this like very strong building system, and I don't think they want to let you like, destroy all the ground <laughs> beneath your buildings. Um, well, the building aspect really appeals to me as well, because it looks like there might be a little bit of tower defence to it too, and I'm a sucker for tower defence. Oh, yeah. They literally they literally build a tower yeah. in the trailer. And, and, and you know, unless it's a very crossbows. offensive tower, I'm assuming it's going to be defending, <laughs> which would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you like tower defence games? I think I've asked you this before. Uh, no, not really. It's... Um, if it feels a bit like passive, I find them immensely me. satisfying. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this game's shaping up good. Like mining, Gimli, yeah. towers, moving yeah. the beans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, it's got um, uh, 
it, it's monster factoryable. It's it's got sliders for character creation, which is exciting. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to make some absolute rancid mutants. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely despicable looking little dwarves. Before we move on from it, one hot take. Yeah. Like I've come to feel bad for um for painted on the side of an ice cream van golem from that game that came out a couple of weeks ago. Because. <laughs> What? Okay. What? 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 How? How has he earned your pity? He just looks like a very vulnerable boy. He looks, you know, <laughs> he just looks damaged by the whole experience. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know. This is not. The st- I mean, he definitely, he definitely is. But he, you know, we we know that he does not go on to deal with it in a constructive way. Well, I just wish. He bites a man's hand off and then jumps into a volcano. Classic stupid move. That's uh, mm. Yeah, I think they should let him have a go in this game because he that's <laughs> that's where they met Gollum. That's where Is it is that where okay. Frodo met Gollum? No, Frodo didn't meet Gollum. Gollum was chasing them, of course. Bilbo met Gollum. Bilbo met Gollum in a in a mine. It was under the Misty Mountains, but I don't know if it I don't think it was Moria, but like you know, Gollum's got to know all the like, underground motorways and <laughs> and stuff. So I'm sure he's been to Moria, um, which does beg the question. Actually, are they gonna? Because Gimli does um, after Lord of the Rings. I want to say he's the one who goes to reclaim Moria. Oh no, he doesn't. Actually, he goes to run a colony in the the caves beneath Helm's Deep from the Two Towers. Because while they were sheltering there, he was like, oh, some like, wicked gimeralds here. I'll, I'll mine them later. <laughs> um, oh, and then he does. So that, oh, oh, that means you can't be Gimli in this game, though, because he's elsewhere. Uh, okay. But maybe that's good. What? Maybe that's a good thing. We won't have another golem on our hands. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could, from the sounds of it, you could maybe create a dwarf that looks kind of like Gollum. Is there a, how far how far left does the, the chunkiness slider go? Do you make a really skinny dwarf? Oh, this is my friend, Gamlum. <laughs> a totally original character. <laughs> Legally distinct. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, anything else? Anything else from Not E Free? Uh, take your fancy. Yeah, there was a fair bit. Of Nightbite, if I'm honest, um, okay. Alice very kindly sort of collected together the the juiciest crayfish into a little basket for me, and she was right on all counts. Actually, the next one I'm excited about is Nova Roma. Um, she's Roman. Oh, the the Roman city builder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another two things I'm obsessed with: um, making a delightful marriage, and it looks lovely as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. What I'll be interested in is how original it is, for lack of a better word. Um, a sort of case study was, did, did you um, play Nebuchadnezzar or see it? It was a little city builder that came out last year. Oh, it, it rings a bell. I don't think, I've, I, don't think, think I could pick it out of a lineup. It, it was like um, a recreation of the old uh, Sierra games, like Pharaoh, what me and Alice are obsessed with. So it was, um, it was attempting to be a sort of a, a spiritual revival of that. But it was really interesting because 
It looked identical and had the same vibe as a Pharaoh or a Caesar III, but it was actually a really weirdly fussy logistics challenge. This was basically about, you know, getting oil and things transported efficiently around your city on donkeys. So that, that was interesting. It did something new. And what really shocked me is a lot of the player base reacted really negatively and said, no, we want the classic city builder things. We want crime and disasters and war. Uh, and so really bizarrely, they patched all those things in to a game that had been designed with a completely different brief. Um, it was a terrible decision. Uh, I don't know if you've played many city builders, but I think like fire and crime mechanics are some of the worst things ever implemented in video games. Because <laughs> like, literally all it is, it, it's something incredibly annoying and time-consuming that will happen if you just forget to build an otherwise completely uninteresting building covering... You know, what you got. If you leave a little patch without coverage by a fire station, it'll burst into flames every 15 minutes. And, you know, it's not fun dealing with a fire. It's not, yeah. you know, there's no thinking to be done. It's just just busy work. <laughs> and it was lovely to have a city builder that didn't have that. Um, and then they sort of forced it in. So, uh, you know, a long-winded way of saying, I hope uh, Nova Roma has the courage to do its own thing. Yeah. Um, it's by developer yeah, who did another one, isn't it? Ooh. Hang on, let me look at the article. Um, Lion Shield. Um, so they did Kingdoms and Castles a few years ago. Okay. Um, which uh, I only played a, a week or so of. God, there's been so many like nascent city builds in the last few years that do kind of blur into one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was as good as. Um, oh, that, well, yeah, going medieval was more of a um, sort of rimworlder, like I guess. But yeah, we, you know, um, it was a decent enough one. I can't remember what the mechanics were though, so I've, I've got nothing intelligent to say now. <laughs> well, I, I I enjoyed the bit in the trailer where a, a dam burst and the city gets flooded with water, and the you know the water, like I don't want to say like realistically, but Oh yeah, it's kind of like the water modelling of, in city skylines, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost kind of like prettily uh, fills in <laughs> fills in the spaces between your buildings. God, do you remember like the period of flooding action? Years and years where just no one could animate water right. <laughs> it's hard to think of now. Uh, it used to just look piss all the time, didn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, like PS PS two era, where when people were kind. Of, I think that was kind of like when people were right, actually trying to make water look realistic, but that, in a way, made it look worse. Oh, yeah, it was just like... Well, during the heavily polygonated phase, it was just sort of seas of aggressive triangles, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if, if you... if You know, in previous days, if you just left it, it as basically a, a big blue rectangle. You just say, that's water, and your imagination would fill in, you know, fill in the gaps, and it'll be fine. This is it, the simple solutions. Um, mm. So you're not that into city builders. Um, no. Say you were, yeah. What period of history or culture? Uh, it can be fictional, it can be real. Would you want your, yeah. you know, what's what's your sweet spot where you would feel just really, really good building up a nice town? Oh, um, 
Ooh, maybe like Industrial Revolution, like Eng- England. Ooh, that's smart. Have you played um, the Ammo games? Oh, I, I played one of them. I can't, I can't remember which one it was. Cause it was just like it was just like a a number at the end. I think they're most, I think they're mostly like that. Um, They've all got that was more. I can never that was, remember the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one, the one I played was like a medieval. I think. Um, or, or like, like 18th century, possibly? Or the or 19th, Like early 19th century? Oh, I've got to look this up now. It's bugging me. It would have been, I think I played, it would have been back in like 2010 or something when I played it. It's one of the, it's one of the old ones. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the, the, the most recent ones are now 1800s, um, which came out, well, funnily enough, around E3 2019, nostalgia time. Um <laughs> But that's you, you'd really like that, I think. Um, that's yeah. very industrial revolution, Prime Minister, or uh, kind of just prior because it's in in the New World, and you know, there's not like spinning jennies and stuff. But um, there's really interesting, like trade and resource extraction and stuff. It's all about um, like production chains and refining yeah, yeah, yeah. simple resources to more complicated ones, which is. That's that's games crack. That is, I love that, <laughs> and it's beautiful as well. I'd I'd really recommend it actually. Okay, which which, which one specifically? Eighteen hundred. Uh, Anno eighteen hundred. Fun fun go. fact to help you with the Anno games. Uh, all of them, the year at the end of the name adds up to the the numeral nine. Oh, that's that's great trivia. It's like a giant game of Sudoku, isn't it? <laughs> so. Oh, brilliant. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I I didn't think it was like a vintage, uh, not E3 slash E3. Um, there are a few, few things I like the look of. Uh, Space Marine 2, I think looks banging. Oh my god, um, is there a new trailer? Uh, there is, yeah. Um, it's the co-op campaign reveal trailer. Revealing that there is campaign co-op this time, which I'm extremely excited about. I'll be excited about it uh, if you can play as a Carnifex. <laughs> <laughs> just Titus's uh, I, new mate in in the weirdest buddy cop show ever. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think they're just, I think they're just regular boy marines. Um, but yeah, the I I I, part, I partly like this because it gives me a chance to talk about um, the developers Sabers other game, uh, the World War Z game, which like has no right to be as enjoyable as it is. There was a World War based- Z game. There's a World War Z game, yeah, and it, it's it's not even based on you know the books everyone likes. It's it's spun off from the Brad Pitt film that everyone hates. Did you know I watched that but, the other day? Um, yeah, because I was trying to remember if it was as shit as I thought it was. Um, and yeah, shit, it's got nothing to do yeah. with the book at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Weird. But I know, I know, it's, I know. It's a weird thing to get hyperfixated on, but. It, Whenever I think of that film, I just remember how whenever they say that they're going to Cardiff, they always go Cardiff, Wales. Because, or else, like, you know, most of the audience won't know where Cardiff is. But it, it's, it's so strange. Because I think I watched it in Cardiff. What? And I think, I think there was a bit of a, yay, when people mentioned it. But they always just say, you know, in Cardiff. Well, it must have been Wales. quite a thrill, because, like, Cardiff never gets a shout-out in Hollywood, really, does it? Yeah, no, I'm, I imagine it's like, um, I... I remember in Iron Man 3, um, Croydon got a shout-out. Did he? Like, 
Yeah, and there were, there, were, there were videos of like, Croydon theatres standing up and cheering when it gets mentioned once. What? By Guy, by Guy Pearce, yeah. Hang on, how does Croydon get brought up? I'm really struggling with this. Did he? Oh, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bad guy in Iron Man 3 who is revealed to essentially be an actor playing a bad oh, guy. Oh, the Mandarin, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Guy Pearce, who's a real villain, um, says that they found him playing like King Lear in Croydon, <laughs> wherever, the, wherever that is. Oh, well, there you go. You've repaid me in kind for the Anno trivia now. Yeah, well. My, 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 my lifelong goal now is to see um, Swindon being name-dropped in a film. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever lived in Swindon? Do you have a... I'm from, a, I'm from Swindon. You're from Swindon? I am. I, <laughs> this, this pod, between me and Alice, this podcast is 66% Swindoners. Hank, I beg your fucking pardon. Is Alice from Swindon as well? I think so, yeah. What pit of vipers have I ended up in? <laughs> Do you not like Swindon? I've never I been there. I, I, it I would, just I would, sounds like a devil's place, doesn't it? It's... I have to be a, I have to be a bit careful. I say because I, I I generally don't want to upset anyone. But it's I I was glad to move out of it. I mean, for all I know, it's it's a bucolic paradise. The name just sounds like a type of medieval call, criminal. It's, it was a big deal when Isambard Kingdom Brunel was about, but now it's what you it's what you'd call post-industrial. Are you like an industrial revolution super fan? Uh, I mean, I. I mean, I don't mind a steam train, if I'm honest. Have you ever been to the Black Country Living Museum up here in, uh, in the West Midlands? No. Oh, come visit sometime. They've got a working beam engine and okay. a, a racist old man who talks you through it before going off on a <laughs> terrifying tangent about how much Indians love to work. He made me really uh, sweat. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> especially since I was there with an Indian friend. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, okay. Well, I'll 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 come up to that, and then in return, I'll, I'll take you to the the steam museum in Swindon, and we can all have a grand old time looking at old trains. Oh, and by the end of it, we'll have turned into Richard Hammond and James May. <laughs> if the wind changes uh, while you're admiring a steam engine, <laughs> you become a telly bellend. Uh, speaking of, speaking of revolutions, um, another game I quite like the look of is, uh, Clockwork Revolution, which is a, uh, steampunk FPS that looks extremely similar to Bioshock Infinite. It does, doesn't it? Uh, I know the one you it mean. It really does. Because I'd forgotten the it's, name of it, but when you say the one that looks like Bioshock like Infinite. Bioshock Infinite, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, same, what do you call that, Art, Art Nouveau? Is that the is that the architecture style? Uh, um, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, that um, you know, political uh, art deco, isn't it? I think the original Bioshock was art deco. I think the oh, you're quite right. Yeah, I think by 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 Bio Infinite was something else. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, like it it looks you know it looks like they've just remade Bioshock Infinite, but I I think it looks quite cool. I, there's there's more of a steampunk look to it. Is there like a, a big nightmare of birds that chases you around trying to make you dead? Uh, no, but you can you can fuck around with time. So I think there's a bit in the there's a bit in the trailer where there's like a there's like a giant fan in a wall for some reason. Yeah, and and the and you. I think the player character like spins, like 
controls time to spin out faster and then boots the guy into it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. So that might be that might be fun. It 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 reminds me a bit of how they initially showed um, the reality tear stuff in Bioshock Infinite, where it was more, you know, it had more potential to impact how like a you know it's ultimately a shooter how the shooting plays out. Yeah. Rather than in the end where it's just kind of like, oh, here's like a box of ammo if you want it. Did it say how they do like backwards time travel? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a a tricky one because unfortunately, I I, I can't think of a way you could do backwards time travel without mucking around with save files and getting all Kojima. Well, if. What, what do you mean? Like, just have, like, a, a rewind time power? Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess that is actually feasible, isn't it? Oh, shit. It's not, like, it's not, like, it's not a multiplayer game. Yeah, they could, they've been, they've been doing that since the Prince of Persia. You just <laughs> oh, but that's really interesting, because, like, when you say time travel, I always think of someone blinking out of existence and appearing afresh at some point in the past. Um... I never thought of it as rewinding. Literally never thought that. Okay. Huh. Well, I'm, I've opened up a whole, whole, whole new possibility. I hope your next book involves uh, some kind of... Oh, I will never write a time, time travel rewinding. book. I can never understand <laughs> the plots. Like, I'm one of these people who will like get to the end of a, a film with an incredibly telegraphed twist and, and be pleasantly surprised. Um, but then I watch something like Looper... And I just get furious at every little inconsistency. Um, I find that with a lot of Hollywood sci-fi. Actually. Like Interstellar drove me absolutely bananas. I watched Interstellar for the first time at the weekend. More like interpiss, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it? Sorry, I might be just disparaging uh, it. I mean, I, it, it, yeah, I, 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 I liked it. Um, again, like if you if you stop and think about time travel stuff it kind of it kind of breaks down um and you know i've got i think i don't think that that didn't really get like fucky for me until the very very ending i think what bothers me is like i don't mind ludicrous things i'm very happy to spend my disbelief you know i spend a lot of time writing about necrons that'd be very like very hypocritical if i didn't but mm. like it's all like stuff like interstellar and looper and things like that. it's always delivered with such gravitas like, you know, you've just got to assume the filmmakers are geniuses, um, you know, with unparalleled insight into the, the workings of the cosmos. But it's just paper thin. It barely makes any sense. Um, you know, if it was played for laughs, like, I don't mind all the nonsense science in Marvel because it's not trying to be convincing. But Interstellar acts like it's got a PhD. Like, <laughs> uh, That's a good point. Silly business. But, yeah, um, where were we before I started just slamming and stuff? Uh, Clockwork Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a game I'm kind of interested in. Um, also, uh, Dungeons of Hinterberg, which is oh, how, <laughs> it looks it looks kind of it looks kind of like a just a third person action adventure. But I've I was reading a bit more about it. Is that it is in fact. It has a lot of like RPG and puzzle elements, and I think some kind of social sim stuff. Ba basically, the the setup is: I think you go visit a ski resort in the Alps. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that 
there's a load of dungeons in the Alps <laughs> with, with, monst- with monsters and shit inside. Um, Just like in real life. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you, you basically go around in, in like, sk- ski gear, uh, bashing, <laughs> bashing monsters with swords and solving dungeon puzzles. Um, but, yeah, apparently there's a, you can you know, meet the locals and make friends with them and forge, you know, forge bonds with other skiing adventurers. But did they come up with so, the concept of the film via, like, rolling dice? But dungeons in the Alps is such a weird combo. Yeah, well, I, I was like one of the designers just on a holiday in the Alps <laughs> and saw a cave or so, and he'd be like, I could put a game in there. Are they particularly Swiss dungeons? Uh... Like with the, the eerie reek of Gruyere and... <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually very colourful, um, to be fair. And as a as a really cool art style, it's kind of like uh, a mix of cell shaded and rotoscope animation. Hang on, what's rotoscope? Uh it's where you kind of record an actual person moving and then I kind of like trace over that footage almost to make oh, an animation. Yeah, I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm not. So someone who actually knows things about animation is, has a head in their hands of that description, but something, something to that effect. And cel-shaded's um, like sort of Borderlands kind of business, isn't it? Yeah, car- cartoony. I like cel-shaded. Do you remember um, Beautiful Joe? I do remember Beautiful Joe. That was, and, um, that was a nice one. F- 13? <gasps> the one uh, with the Roman sh- numerals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I'd not, that. not the not the not the allegedly terrible remake that came out a couple of years ago, the two thousand and I don't know four or something original. I remember oh, when yeah, I, that, I, that gorgeous. I bought my first Xbox in two thousand and two, and Xbox has just been around for enough time, and CEX was at its ascendancy as a shop. And I remember yeah. just going in there and just buying all the games that were like three pounds. Um, and uh, 13 was one of them, and it was a real pleasant surprise. Yeah. Lovely bargain. stuff. Nice. Uh, we should, we're, we're like 38 minutes, we should talk about Starfield. Alice literally ordered because. us to talk about Starfield. <laughs> More like well, Garfield, am I right? <laughs> Don't even know why I said that. Todd, Todd Howard loves lasagna. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was the it was the only game of the show to get its own special hour long feature. Um, I mean, have, have have you have you seen it? Yeah, yeah do you have I, I, do you have opinions? Uh, the the ships are fun. I really like the ship building. Um, yeah. Are you going to make a revolting, malformed disaster of a ship? Yes. <laughs> no, I'll probably I want to make one that looks like a crab. That's always my first instinct. Um. <laughs> Oh, I can make one that looks like a goby. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I like the um, the general aesthetic of it. Actually, it's quite like distinct and refreshing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a really good tweet about it actually because what was really funny. I was up quite late last night and the night before, uh, but I wasn't watching the shows. Um, I did have an eye on Twitter, though, and it was kind of like having a radio on and hearing your mates fighting in a trench war. 
very tired, bamboozled people yeah. reacting to things. Um, and one point I really liked about um, Starfield, um, I forget the wording, but it's basically saying, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could arrive on a planet and like, you know, an entity began to stalk you without your knowledge or like you found an old library or something. I don't know. And they say yeah. it's always like rocks and janky monsters, uh, which seemed like it was going to be amazing with No Man's Sky. And even when they improved the game massively, it just turns out that, you know, the thrill from infinite procedurally generated minerals and monsters is quite limited this this is exactly my concern about it i'm actually i'm i'm a lot warmer on starfield than i think some of my colleagues are um there's a lot of uh a lot of distaste for the kind of like oh there's you know this world is a load of brown rocks this world is a load of gray rocks etc um i i i'm still interested in it because i really i really like the the bethesda formula of putting you in a space and in any you can look in any direction, and if you walk for five minutes, you'll see, you know, one or two interesting things, and it and it will feel like you're the first person ever to see that. Yeah, with, that, that was always the appeal of Skyrim, wasn't it? Like with, uh, yeah, with having like a thousand planets. First off, there is no feasible situation in which, you know, more than like a, a handful of those are going to have the the density of a Skyrim or a Fallout. So, you know, why do the why do the other 997 exist? Um second of all, I didn't really get on with this is this is kind of also Starfield is also in a way um the outer worlds on a on a larger scale. You know, it's a like a planet hopping um o o open worlds RPG and I was uh, and I was really I was really looking forward to that because it was made by the same you know Obsidian who also made uh, Fallout New Vegas, which but, is the best Fallout. Hmm. But have, having like splitting it across all these different worlds means that the actual space you explore on each world is you know small, smaller you know smaller than you'd get on just one on one big map, and that ends up making even though it's you know, spread across a. And spread across the entire galaxy ends up feeling smaller than if it were just set in, you know, Las Vegas or Boston or wherever. You know what? A great counterpoint would be Knights of the Old Republic because there were several planets in that, but like there wasn't actually that much floor space in the game. No, but it felt huge because everything was really, you know, they'd slathered on the detail, and that's what that's when Star Wars is at its best when it's just hitting you. We like loads of weird frog-faced guys in the background and stuff. <laughs> like it's rich. I found. Do you remember? Um, did you play much Watch Dogs Legion? Uh, no, actually. So I was meaning to. I never, I never did. I liked it. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, Ubisoft. It. It felt. Do you know what? There's very few opportunities to use the word simulacrum. But it felt like a great <laughs> simulacrum of London um, until you just start, started looking on the sides of the streets and there were sort of generic shop textures and no interiors. And I don't blame them because it would have taken another 10 years to make the game and it wouldn't have loaded. Yeah, yeah. But that's a problem, isn't it? Like, 
when there's a drive towards bigger and bigger worlds and like bigger yeah, and bigger workloads on development teams, you know, it's, it's, it's like our old friend Gimli once said, butter spread over too much bread. <laughs> I know it was Frodo, audience, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's like it was Bilbo. Uh, it was Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got it on the third attempt. <laughs> but yeah, it just feels like, I can't remember the last time I felt that an open world game was a bit pokey. Yeah, I don't think I've yeah. ever felt that. Uh, okay, I mean, I I love to be I love to be proved wrong because I you know really really enjoyed the, all the all the Fesbus fallouts and you know Skyrim etc. So yeah, I don't know. It's I, I I it may also be one of these games that just doesn't translate well to being shown off in e- even in an hour long show. Yeah, I can see why they did have a big piece for it. Um, yeah, because it's the kind of game where you have to, you know, get lost get lost in it a bit for it to feel at its best. Yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to think what other Bethesda games I've actually played. Uh, Fallout, New Vegas, Please. and Fallout 76, um, and Skyrim, and some Morrowind. What else have I done? Fallout 3? Never actually played it. Okay. Is it really good? Um it, it's definitely it's definitely aged. Um, but the the like atmospherically it's really good. It's not as good as some um, New Vegas, is it? I I don't think so, no. Yeah, I'm I'm satisfied with New Vegas as uh that was a grand time. Romans again. <laughs> In like Hockey pads. Oh, yes. I love those rodents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, um, have we that, have we talked about all the games? Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Right, let me just uh, start, you, have you, one more rummage through the butcher's window, see if there's anything else. Oh, the Dune game. Oh, the Dune game. Dune I'm not, Awakening. I, like, like, like most things, I'm not super into Dune. But I did like the look of the like sand motorbike riding. Yeah, to, to I, me, I like that. I like the idea. Like, wow, kind of like that um, Starfield idea that you are being stalked by an enemy. In this case, the sandworm. Yeah, I'm really excited about the walking. Um, you know, the whole walk without rhythm, so as not to yeah, attract the worm. Yeah. Um, like, I hope they implement that. I think. No, they didn't mention, but I would. It would be mad if they missed the opportunity. Um, I was a big fan of the Dune film um, that came out recently. I've always yeah. been of the belief that Dune is very much more about vibes than plot. Um, <laughs> which you know, not to say it's it's got a bad plot. It's just for me. It's just all the feel of it. And I thought the movie did that mm. brilliantly. Like, and do you know what? Like, I've never been into MMOs, but I actually think that's a fucking great call for this. Uh, it is an yeah, MMO, I mean, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. It looks like one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, man. That's just. It's great. And talking about like, you know, over ambitious open worlds. 
you, you couldn't be less ambitious than Arrakis. It's, it's literally sand. <laughs> it's, all, <laughs> like, it's all just sand. One city. Um, yeah, cool. Sign me up. Now we've talked about all the games. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, should we, we, those are the games that we may or may not be playing in a few months' time. Should we talk about what we have been playing? Yeah, that'd be lovely. Nate, what have you been playing? Uh, I'm back on the Hearthstone. Again? Yeah, well, I stopped a couple oh. of days ago, but it, it, it ate a fair bit of the week. Um, I think I'm finally sick of it again, though, for this iteration of Battlegrounds, at least. I've seen through the smoke and mirrors to the <laughs> cynical and ruthless meta beneath, and I want nothing more to do with it um, until tomorrow, probably. Uh, did a bit, bit more RimWorld, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I, I've what, always feel I neglect it a bit in between expansions. It's just so fucking good. I, I'm, I'm sure I might have asked it before. Do you, do you, what, do you have a theme to your world? Um, a theme? Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I love doing... I did an article on RPS uh, yonks ago about... Um, like weird themed playthroughs you can do. Um, like I did one with a man called King Beef, um, <laughs> who was like, he only owned a crown and a hundred cows. Uh, and he was terrible at everything apart from fist fighting, which he was like a <laughs> god at. Um, and the game was really fun because it was just like desperately trying to like kidnap ruffians and turn them into loyal farmhands for King Beef. <laughs> but they all end up dying of plague, and the, the, the game ended with just King Beef, like, rolling on the floor with food poisoning because he doesn't know how to cook beef. <laughs> well, all of his, like, serfs rot around him. You know, it's just... RimWorld is a masterpiece of emergent gameplay and emergent storytelling. You know, Dwarf Fortress was very much ironically a giant on whose shoulders it stood but mm. yeah i think dwarf fortress is the best game of all time that, that's my canonical answer um but i like rimworld better because it you know dwarf fortress is a, a work of staggering originality uh but rimworld actually made it fun to play um yeah you know and, and sort of made it a lot more versatile as well because of RimWorld's kind of grab bag sci-fi setting. You can kind of have anything in there. And they've been really, really creative with the the updates as well. So the last one, you can play as a sanguifage, who's a vampire, um, and you need to have the bloods or you burst. Um, you can be like a robo-tender. So the mechanoids oh, are really? in the game. Yeah, you start off with like friendly mechanoids and it's a totally different game from standard RimWorld because, like, your robots don't sleep. They will work tirelessly, but then they run out of batteries and they need to be charged. And the, e the electricity costs... Huh, it's almost like living in Britain in 2023. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had a lovely playthrough, actually, as the Mechanator the other day. Um, and it's really good because... You know, even a game as varied as RimWorld, you play enough of it, the rhythm gets ingrained in your head and you sort of, it loses the novelty to some extent. Uh, and so it was really great to, yeah, just have this different start that totally changed 
you know, all of the pressures in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, I, I think I forget just how much content is added each time they do DLC for it. Because um, I'll sort of try, you know, two out of yeah, the five yeah. or six things I can think of doing and then wander off. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. I can do more of that in less Hearthstone. <laughs> Uh, so I've been playing um, some demos, which are I I, I played these because they're going to be in Steam Next Fest. Yeah. Um, but it 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 turns out that they are also games that were shown at, uh, during Naughty Free. So double relevancy. Oh, nice. Uh, so the first one is the Invincible, which is uh, an adaptation of the sci-fi book of the same name by a uh, Polish author named Stanislaw Lem. <laughs> He's amazing. Right. Um, wow, have you read The Invincible? No, I've not. But I love Stanislaw Lem. He did, well, um, the... didn't he do a roadside picnic? Was that Stanislaw Lem? I think so. Oh, man. Okay, And isn't cool. he Russian? Well, he's Polish. He's the... Okay, maybe he didn't do, <laughs> maybe he didn't oh, do Jesus. roadside picnic. We do picnics. not want to make these mistakes. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, please, <laughs> Poland, please don't Article 5 me. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, so um, it's 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 based on this book where um, uh, there's a space mission to this mysterious planet. Um, things mysteriously start going wrong. It turns. I I won't explain the story in case in case they reuse it for the the game, The Invincible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, this is a kind of loose adaptation where they go. I think it has some characters from the book, but it's mostly originals, and it is. Sort of like it's not a walking simulator, but it's it is a kind of exploration game with a bit of like puzzling and horror-ish bits in it. Yeah, I would hope um, there's some horror given given the source material. Um, but the f- but the f- the thing with the I it's not a great demo if I'm honest. Um. It only really touches on the the mystery aspect of it. You, it's only it's it's very short. Like you you walk up a hill basically. You do some tasks in your camp, and then you go on another short walk, and then that's kind of the, that's kind of the end. The kind of the end of it. Is there combat? In um, it? no, I don't. I don't think there's combat in the. There's definitely not combat in the demo. I don't think there's going to be combat in the game. I think I might I might be wrong. It's first person. Maybe they, maybe maybe a gun at some point. Um, I'm trying to sort of um, picture the um, the budget of this game. Like, is it a real all singing, all dancing, or is it sort of done on a little bit of a shoestring? No, I think I think it's like I mean, it, it doesn't look cheap. Maybe like double A. Because <laughs> like I I don't, I don't want yeah. to be in any way disrespectful, but my observation is that like. You know, games that are, you know, as you said, you, you don't know whether to call it a walking simulator. I know exactly what you mean by that. Like, yeah. half the games that end up like that do so through deliberate artistic decision. The other half end up there because they didn't have the money to do fights. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, it, there's a big difference. <laughs> I, 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 I think I read that the developers like, do intentionally want to make something like a bit slow and cerebral. Um, yeah, and that's fair. In which, in which case, yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, it's also it's it's a bit uh, Firewatchy as well. Did you play Firewatch? Yeah, I love Firewatch actually. 
Yeah, they, they've got um, it, it. It's kind of similar in you know, it's it's based on this like first person, um, getting items and then exploring around kind kind of deal. But it's also it also has a very similar uh, dialogue system. So you know, you scroll the wheel down and you get like a choice of um, dialogues to say to a, a voice on the radio, and then that will you know shape shape how the game plays out. I think. Oh, cool. Um, although again, like the demo isn't great for this because there are a lot of a lot of um, a lot of these points where I didn't really have a choice what to say. It was either say say one thing or just be quiet. <laughs> so yeah, I, not not uh, again. Like I don't want to. The the rest of the game might be like completely like way more expansive with the dialogue stuff. Um, obviously, there's no real time for you to show. I guess real consequences of your dialogue choices in a demo. Also, it may be it, it may be the case that um, you know I have to replay the demo again and do different ones, and then see see if anything does happen differently. Who knows? I've never um, been able to get behind demos. Not since like oh really? Not since they used to come on CDs on the front of magazines and Crazy World West days. Um, I guess like if I'm excited enough buy a game to consider getting the demo, yeah. then I'm excited enough to know I'll be infuriated when my supply of syrup is cut off abruptly. <laughs> so I ne- never go in for them. You must be a patient man. I, li- I like demos. Um, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of sad they're not as, uh, not as common as they once were. Um, I, think if, I think if there were more demos, I'd probably like, end up buying more games. Because I am, I am a bit conservative and what I what I put money down on, but if, but if I, but only only because, like I I, I'm often not sure whether I like something. But if I if I had if I had you know if everything had a demo, I probably would be more sure, and I probably end up buying more games. Can you uh, just out of interest? Can you describe what happens in your head when? Yeah. You know that feeling where you've got some time, and you yeah. feel like spending it on the PC. So you go mm-hmm. in your Steam library. Yeah. And you look at the different names. And like, mm-hmm. what what can you just sort of describe the abstract process that goes in on in your head when you're evaluating which, if any, to play? <laughs> um on a bad day, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're going through a supermarket and you're just like, I don't fancy that. No, no, I'm not in the mood for that. No. Nah, nah. Do you ever and find the, the of- hungrier you get, the more indecisive you are about what to eat? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I think it can be the same with games as well. Like when you're, I find when I'm really, um, the classic times is when uh, ADHD meds are a controlled substance. So the doctor's really stingy about giving prescriptions and quite often like they'll be late and I'll be without for a couple of days. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like massive absence of dopamine, completely like brutally bored. And I will go through Steam just miserably reasoning why I will not enjoy every single game on the list. <laughs> like, it's so pointlessly cerebral when I could have just been playing bloody Hearthstone. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, like, for, for, for me, it more often than not just ends up with me like booting Team Fortress 2 for the 30,000th you know, 30, time. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, games like that which become sort of dependables. Yeah, and evergreen. Yeah, it's a funny thing. Funny thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, the the other the other demo I want to talk about was uh, also also in a way based on a book. It's um, Ebenezer and the Invisible World, and mm. it is very loosely a sequel to A Christmas Carol. What? But but it's uh, you, you play as Ebenezer Scrooge, and it's uh, Metroidvania, okay. like a two like a two D two D two D platforming. Um, Metroidvania, where you this is this is after he's kind of like changed his ways, um, and you get enlisted um by a friendly ghost to help out another, um, like man who is about to do evil but could maybe be saved. Um, oh my God! So you're sent to spectrally yeah. bully another millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 like like Scrooge, Scrooge is still alive, um, but he is also. He is the only person in London who can see ghosts by virtue of, you know, having been previously visited by them. Um, so you you basically you, you go around like meeting meeting fr- friendly ghosts who I don't think were originally in the, a Christmas Carol, um, you know, like li- legally distinct Tiny Tim, etc. Gollum. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, you you help them out. Um, you do like a little a little quest for them, and then you can use their pa- like you can c- kind of call on them to use their powers, which is the you know the, how you get through the the gating stuff because it's a Metroidvania. So you d- just in the just in the demo, like you um, you you beat you beat up uh, a guard that the, L- London is sort of. Under the thumb of this evil millionaire who has like a private militia. Okay. Um, so yeah, like you, you beat up a guard for the at, the at the request of your main friendly ghost friend, and then he joins you, and then he offers you this like, um, like special attack, um, and then you help out this you know urchin ghost who lets you do double jumps on <laughs> on top of ghost blooms which is suspended in the air. I, I love that. I don't. <laughs> I don't think Charles Dickens would like it, but um, I've, I've been finding it perfectly, um, perfectly enjoyable. It's the premise it looks, sounds delightfully kind of like Alan Moore when he's not writing one-handed, like, <laughs> like you know, it's that sort of like it, unexpected elevation of a non-violent character into an action hero. Um, but he did really yeah, well I, with Extraordinary Gentleman. I mean, Scrooge is spry as fuck. He can like jump four times his height just without any ghost help. But he's like and a withered old duck. Look, I didn't make the game. <laughs> is, um, is he a duck? Like, like in I don't, in Disney? <laughs> I don't think so, unless that's a plot twist later in the full game. Yeah. What if, like, <laughs> in the very second after the section the demo covers, you just encounter a mirror for the first time? You see a little pince nose spectacles and leap into a sea of coins. <laughs> Love it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, Disney is in public domain, so that's <laughs> unlikely to <laughs> unlikely to be a thing. Okay. Well, we're we're running late, so I'll just do. I'll just do a very 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 quick uh, good day to wear hard. And the tower is um, burned down, uh, so I'll need to rebuild it. Oh, that's a shame. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, are you, are you ready for this, Nate? 
is, uh, let me just take big, a massive, big news. massive deep breath. <gasps> right, go. Okay. Intel are launching a rebranding exercise. Dun, 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 dun! They are get, They are... So, so you, you know, like, the, at the moment, their, their main desktop CPUs are called, like, Intel Core i5-13600K. 13, something like that. Yeah, really um, sexy, memorable names. Love them. Well, they're getting, they're getting sexier because they are dropping the i. Well, they're going to replace it that, with, like, a dangerous animal name? No, they're basically they're basically just dropping the i. Actually, no, it's kind of worse because they're dropping the i, but they also want people to add the word processor to each product name. So instead of the instead of the current system where you call one chip a you know a Core i5 13600K, yeah. it would presumably be Core 5 processor 13600K. That's that's worse, no. That's less That sounds shit. That's, that's bad. Yeah, Why are yeah. they always mandating people to produce sounds that sound awful? <laughs> it's, do you know what though? It's it's a lot better. It's a lot better than many other technological product naming conventions, especially printers. I used to edit printer reviews in a previous job, and they just be called something like the Canon, and then a massive string of sing- seemingly random letters and numbers. So this is like why I've got a lot of time for keyboards and mice, because they're all named things like the, you know... Just like Claymore. The God Smasher 8 trillion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let yeah, me just <laughs> rev up my Titan kidney mouse. <laughs> yeah, so well, macho. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Processor could, could do that. Well, uh, Processor's yeah, the most uh, macho thing of all. It should be called like the, you know, bloody... Komodo Ferrari Death Wish or something. Well, sadly not. They're going to be called the Core 5 processor. Uh, numbers, numbers, numbers. They're such like bloody squares. Like if, you, if you stepped out of the shower onto a discarded newspaper and you looked at, and you looked at the base of your foot at the newsprint that had stuck to your damp foot, <laughs> it would probably spell out the name of, like, yeah, a new Intel CPU. Or something catchier. Boo to you, Intel. Yeah. So I accidentally called them incel as well from incel. worst to worst. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh, well, if the well, that's, I, I can't possibly talk about CPU branding for much longer. So if the towers burn down, you say? Yeah, well, uh, the dwarves are in there renovating it. Um, honestly, the last thing we want is a conversation with Gimli. Uh, mm. At least we, until I can annoy Alice with it. So. <laughs> Should we uh, just skip to recommendations? You know what? Let's treat ourselves. Um, so I'm recommending. I may have. I may have spoken of it previously on the podcast. I can't quite remember, but I'm recommending Scully Cider, which is spelt S X O double L I E. An odd name. And, it's a, a it's South African, I think. I think that's a possibly a way of doing a K sound. Scully. Um, Scully. Grams. Grams. <laughs> Can you pass me a bottle of delicious Cause... Scully? I'd like to watch Chippy. <laughs> and I can't do uh, that without getting Scullyed up. No. <laughs> So I'm I'm recommending this because I've recently had um, a couple of quite bad ciders, 
and uh, remind and was reminded in both instances how much better Scully is. <laughs> um, the 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 gimmick of Scully is that every flavor is made from just one specific apple type. Yeah, and the, so like you can get Scully Golden Delicious, which is my favorite. Um, or Pink Lady or Granny Smith. Oh, I fucking love Pink Lady. They're great apples. Well, now you can, now you can get a cider that's made entirely out of them. Uh, unfortunately, I despise cider. Oh. Tastes like well. sick. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad for you. Um, but yeah, the, I, the, the concept is sound. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, I think it's widely available, I believe. Uh, yeah, just look for a scully with a with an x in it see you want to go real crazy i've got a south african beverage to recommend as well oh really what are the odds it's wildebeest blood uh no it's um gunner lemonade um it's uh you can get a nice variety pack um on amazon or other stores are available uh which has got four flavors uh it's got like a raspberry lemonade, uh, sort of coconut lemonade, which is a lot better than it sounds. Um, a mint one, and uh, my personal favourite, a, a lemon, lime, and um, Angostura bitters one. Not actual Angostura bitters because it's got booze in, but you know, like the flavour. Um, oh yeah, oh, I like that. I like that in a um, in an old fashioned. Yeah, it's it, it's great stuff. Um, it's. Apparently, it's an Australian thing, uh, lemon, lime, and, and bitters. Uh, okay. But in weather like this, my God, it is refreshing. Um, I'm peeved because it, it's got that acerbic tang of sweetness to it, but then everything has now, and the world's broken. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to blame that <laughs> on Gunner. Uh, however, Rio, Rio Tropical... Um, friend of the show and delicious drink found only in chip shops and news agents still has no sweeteners in it's the drink it's... we all deserve <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a good thing or not because <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of healthy people recently um, okay brilliant uh, there's two two very very crisp and refreshing recommendations probably mix them together uh, actually this hot summer weather oh yeah nice if uh well, if, any, if, anyone, if anyone wants to try that, then uh, let us know on the RPS Discord, um, which uh, is one of the many places you can discuss uh, the podcast or read about RPS in general. Uh, I've completely bollocked up this outro, uh, so I might just start it again. No, you sly boost. You uh, segwayed <laughs> in the outro. That's, that's like, you know, when Vin Diesel does something insane in the last fifth of a Fast and Furious movie. Like, good on you. Keep going. Oh, well... Oh, no. Even Alice uh, can't do an exit segue. <laughs> okay, pretend. Uh, no, no, no. The moment's gone. The moment's gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm very sorry. But thank you for joining us for season two, episode twenty of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, a rock paper shotgun audio production. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Just search "rock paper shotgun," and can of course find us on our main home at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, and as I said, you can join our Discord, which is full of games and podcast chat. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, so, yes, thank you for joining us again. Until next time, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Nate. It's very hot. Drink lots of water. You don't want your piss to end up looking like Iron Brew. And wear sunscreen. 
the person who scolded me last week. Oh, yes. So. Yes, we've both been scolded for not wearing sunscreen, but uh, better people because of it. Now I just wear a wetsuit entirely filled with sunscreen. <laughs> Never no light. <laughs> Goodbye. <Okay. laughs> Goodbye. Enjoy that mental image. 